like the Mormon rap back in the day? Did you enjoy that back in the day? Oh, for Ty? Yeah. Ooh, on Gawa, BYU's got Ty Power? <laughs> yeah. I loved it. What are you talking You got your B, you got your B. <laughs> Give me a Y. I listen to that thing all the time. Let's go. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. Interviews and insight from this week in Cougar Sports. Every Saturday, only on BYU Radio. To lead off, here's the double coverage interview of the week. It's the quarterback segment. I spoke to quarterback one, Keaton Slovis, who broke down his performance after the scrimmage. Okay, Keaton, scrimmage in the books. How'd you feel it go went? It was all right. I'd like to score a touchdown with the ones, but um, obviously on TV, we're not going to show a ton of stuff. But happy with how they played overall the whole spring. We still got three practices left, and uh, it's awesome to get out here and see the fans and everything. What do you think of Keanu Hill? He's a decent guy. He's kind of goofy, though. No, he's great. Uh, yeah, he's awesome. What boxes do you feel like you checked that you wanted to check in this situation? Um, you know, we had a lot of box checked all spring, really. Um, I think just operation, operating cleanly, no penalties, hopefully. Um, you know, and running our basic plays well, you know. Um, I know defense is pretty vanilla, too, but, you know, you like to operate in your simple offense as effectively as possible. You guys will take next week off and then have three more practices. What do you want to accomplish in those final three before you have the break? Yeah, I think there's just some stuff that, you know, we haven't got a ton of reps at. A-Rod kind of alluded, you know, getting reps of that stuff, uh, getting better yeah, and better, and, uh, right you know, getting really comfortable. I think we're comfortable with a lot of probably 90% of the offense, just that 10% that, you know, we can rep out, and we'll get that done those next three. Zach Wilson uh, chatted with him a couple minutes ago. He said he's a Keaton Slovis fan, uh, going back to that 2019 game. What's it like to have played on this field where you played against Zach and the Cougars? It's 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 uh, kind of weird. It's weird walking this side instead of that one, but... <laughs> Um, it's it's kind of weird. You said that before. Yeah, it is kind of <laughs> weird being back. Uh, but, you know, it feels great. Great atmosphere. Um, and it's it's just fun to get out. And this, it's a great atmosphere when the fans are here during the season, too. So, excited for that. It's great to have you here. Congratulations. And we'll see you soon. Thank you. Can't wait. I think that uh, echoes what uh, fans are thinking. Can't wait for Keaton Slovis. Can't look, wait. and again, look, he he wasn't going to go out there and he, he, didn't, he didn't light it up. And it's fine. Isn't it don't, don't like, from a BYU coach's perspective? They did not want want him to. No, up, no, absolutely say. not. Like, oh crap! No, now we see what Keaton Slovis. Nobody cares. He needs to be off the radar a little initially. All fans wanted to see was Keaton Slovis in a BYU uniform at Lavelle Edwards no, Stadium, and everybody was happy. I that wanted was, to hear that was the all. weird word from him with BYU again, yeah. which was great. Um, okay, Jaron Hall uh, was there. We'll hear from him in a minute. But Zach Wilson was in attendance, and I talked to him about coming back to BYU and certainly his situation in New York. Yeah, Zach Wilson's here. Uh, Zach, uh, welcome back to BYU, man. Good to see you. How you doing? It's good to be here. Good to hear you. see all the guys again. It feels like I was just here, so it's exciting. Uh, 2020 has been three years now, which is weird. Uh, just finished your second year in the league, of course. What's it like to be back at BYU on Alumni Day where a lot of guys are back? Yeah, it's always exciting to catch up with guys. You know, a lot of guys that played with are still playing, and then guys that have left kind of asking them, you know, what's new and uh, trying to keep in touch with all of them. But I always enjoy coming and doing this stuff. Certainly the scrimmage is uh, of interest. It's going to be BYU's first Big 12 team. Uh, they got Keaton Slovis. That's probably as good of a quarterback as BYU could have got out of the transfer portal, right? Yeah, I'm a Slovis fan. We actually played them here, right, USC, my sophomore year, his freshman year, and got after those guys. But I've kept in touch with him a little bit, so I'm excited for him and uh, this year, this, this, this coming season. You have a smile on your face, I think, because BYU won the game, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, in terms of BYU and kind of stepping into the Big 12, what are your hopes and expectations for um, this program that finally got that validation of a P5 invite and now they'll play? Yeah, huge, man. Uh, you know, 
Tom did a great job of getting these guys going, and uh, and they got their work cut out for them. I think there's going to be uh, a challenge at first, but they're going to have to figure out a way to, to just progressively keep getting better. But I think they can do it, and I'm excited for them because what a great challenge. And you finish your second season in the NFL, uh, certainly Aaron Rodgers to the Jets talk. How have you uh, handled kind of everything that's going on with you and, and the team this offseason? Yeah, just being present, loving life, enjoying family, uh, enjoying the guys, and just understanding I get to play football for a living, and there's nothing better than that. So uh, just absorbing every day and just and just giving everything I got. And, of course, uh, Josh just uh, retired. Uh, I believe Micah's on the team, right? So uh, you're still watching the linebackers, I assume. Yeah, got the, little, got the younger brothers out here. Got, wish Josh was still going, but we got Mike out here, so uh, hopefully those guys can do something. Awesome. Well, thanks, Zach. Appreciate it, and best of luck with them. Yeah, thank you guys always. I love that Zach continues to come back and, and is, is a part of this. Absolutely. I, I, I think it's fantastic. I think I, you will forever. I, yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I, 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 love, I love that BYU has that connection. Look, and it's, BYU's not the only program that has a connection like that, but with BYU's history of quarterbacks, to be able to have these guys that you see on Sunday in the NFL – and to be able to have them come back. There were seven of them, by the way. Yeah, it, Current Cougars in the NFL. It's awesome that that connection is as strong as it is. I, I love that part. And uh, I appreciate Zach talking. He did not have to do that interview and hasn't done many this offseason for obvious reasons with New York. Um, and I appreciate him doing the interview. That was great to hear from him. Uh, Jaron Hall, also in attendance. He talked about uh, John Beck and how many NFL teams are conversing with him at this point. Here's Jaron Hall. Jeremy, Jaron, we're still going to try that podcast at some point. We'll figure it out. But, uh, Jaron, how you doing, man? Uh, pro day a week ago, uh, spring scrimmage uh, today, getting ready for the NFL draft, of course. How's life right now? It's really good. Just glad to be back home in Pro Bowls, being back here in Lavelle Stadium. You know, it's, it's, it's a comfort, and it's just it's so fun to see all the, all the guys and see all the good things they got going on. You've been training in Southern California, I take it, with John Beck? Yep, yep. John right out there, dicing him up in the nice uh, Jordan 11s, doing his thing. Yep. That's from a guy. He still got it. Oh, absolutely. That man slings it around every day when he's throwing with us, too. I'm convinced he might outthrow all of us when we go out there sometimes. So he's still got it. What's it like to see this group of guys in the stadium today? Oh, it's pretty amazing. I mean, you got some, I mean, you heard the crowd when, you know, Ty and John went out there, Max, and then, you know, all the other guys, Dennis. It's, uh, it's crazy to see how much you know, the BYU fans still remember what they did for this program, for, for the state. Um, it's just amazing to see the, the legacy of football players. They're all together now. It's fun. Special. So it makes BYU special. Besides one, Kalen Hall, who was your favorite player growing up? KJ Hall. Besides the Halls. <laughs> Man, I love watching Max, obviously. You know, he shared the last name. I love watching him play. I love watching Brian Kill play too, good family friend of ours. So, uh, you know, those two of the guys, you know, in that, in that era, I love watching. How'd you feel you did on Pro Day? Uh, it was a good day. You know, it wasn't perfect. Uh, I felt like we threw the ball really well. Uh, it was fun just getting out there with the guys running around. Um, a lot of those drills, it just takes time and, and precision, and, you know, you, you kind of get what you get. You're happy with it. So, I'm, I'm glad to kind of be moving on from all that stuff and, and just focus on playing football now. Do you have a sense of who's most interested in you at this point? Uh, not yet. I mean, there's a lot of teams that, that you talk to, and I still have interviews, you know, almost every day um, with different teams, talking to quarterback coaches and assistants and whatnot. So hopefully the next few weeks we'll start to get a little better feel for, for what it's looking like. Kyle Van Noy is on the broadcast as well. Um, what did you enjoy most about Kyle's career here? Man, Kyle was a physical freak on the edge. For me, growing up as a kid, honestly, and even when I got to BYU as a freshman, I loved watching the defense because of guys like Kyle, because of guys like Brian. Right? Hey, <laughs> 
sometimes the guy you get asked about shows up. Uh, that's how it works, man. He's right there. So, uh, nah, that, the defenses at BYU have always been. Colby Pearson almost hauled one in. Oh, uh, sure. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it was fun watching those defenses throughout the years. Hey, best of luck with everything. Thanks for the time. Thank you very much. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports is on demand. Download the free BYU TV and BYU radio apps or listen to the podcast while you're there. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Are you a one and a half or two X speed podcast listener? No, I have to listen you're to normal a 1X. speed. Normal speed. Mm. Yep. I, the, the two speed, I feel too anxious. I'm one and a half speed. <laughs> you get anxious? I'm one and a half speed on almost everything. I tried general conference on YouTube TV at two X. Totally works. Really? Totally works. It's a slower form of speech. Yes, typically. yes. It totally works. So why, are you trying to, why are you trying to get rid of uh, General Conference faster? Rid of it? <laughs> Consume it quicker. Okay. Yeah, Ooh, good, that's what I'm going good spin. for. I like it. Uh, our question of the day is this. How much do you want BYU Athletics to lean into the transfer portal? Fun conversation today. Jim Roberts NM on Twitter says, Heavily, which I define as making sure we are actively recruiting whenever the portal is open for whatever sport needs to add impact players. Keeping in mind that these free agents, <laughs> uh, you know, college would not like you to call them that, but that's what they are. That's, uh, still have their agency to come to BYU or not. Oh, absolutely. And that is certainly the case for everybody. Ben Peterson on Twitter. I would like them to do quite a bit this year, as there may be athletes willing to come over due to the change to the Big 12. In the future, I would hope it would be less as they recruit and retain talented freshmen. What we didn't mention regarding the transfer portal is that you have to recruit your own athletes every year yes, as well. That's part of it. BYU has really only lost one, I would argue, high-profile athlete. It is Shaylee Gonzalez to Texas, who is returning, by the way. BYU will play Texas in women's basketball. Hopefully we get two games and Shaylee back uh, in the Marriott Center um, as they went to, I believe, the Sweet 16 uh, and lost to, I think, Louisville. BYU has retained uh, a lot of its high-profile Athletes, which has been good. That's um, one of the. You can't get a ton from the portal and never give. Yes. Like, don't be shocked if there are more high-profile athletes that at some point leave. It's part of the deal. That is, I think, probably the biggest part about the transfer portal that we don't talk enough about. We talk about all the guys coming in. Yes. And and the guys from other places leaving, but but we don't talk about the part that you everything. Regardless, you you know you expect to be there for four years. Everything is a one-year thing anymore. Everybody is reevaluating. Everybody's coaches are reevaluating players. Players are reevaluating their role on the system with the coaches. Every year, yep. it's it's the it's the re-recruitment of your own players. I think is probably the biggest change. Yeah. Than what from what we've seen. It's not. It can't be the 2021 Utah real estate market where it's just up, up, up. Okay. Right. <laughs> just always gaining, never losing. It's like well, at some point it comes down. 26 uh, S. Simo on Twitter, or Schemo. Uh, some transfers have been great, but most of the greats spent their entire college career here. Well, traditionally, yes, but that is not the way of the future. Uh, the way of the future is that there will be guys that we will talk about uh, that were here a year or two. Uh, our hope is that Keaton Slovis is one of those. Yeah. Our hope is that Aiden Robbins, for his two years here, is one of those as well. Kingsley Suamataia will have only played two years at BYU before he's hopefully a first-round pick in next year's draft. Um, I just want talent. If they're here a year, two, three, I'm talking the upper echelon ones. Just like when Austin Collie left, I was like, 
it was just awesome that you were here this last year because you were the first or second best receiver in the country, and it was worth it. Uh, when you leave early and you go have success in the pros, we all benefit. And if this because we got that year with you. And if this continues to be the way it is, people will get used to this. This will yes, be the we new normal. Want, we want a one and done in BYU basketball at some yeah. point. Yep. We want that. That'd be great. That means they were that good. In response, our elite voice of the day is presented by PAX, pronounced healthcare, uh, uh, healthcare elevated. Travis Tingy on Twitter. This is funny. Transfer portals should be great to BYU athletics programs. A lot of reasons that keep high school kids from coming to BYU are no longer an issue for older athletes who are focused on their future goals. Transfer portals like a YSA award. The odds are good, but the goods are odd. <laughs> well done, Trav. <laughs> Today's Rise and Shoutouts presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. UConn. Yeah, let's give it to UConn for winning the national championship and beating San Diego State. There we go. Our thanks to today's guest, Blaine Fowler. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. This and all of our shows are on demand at PYUSN.com. Listen, we, we're not the same league, but that rivalry still exists. No, but nobody wants the show to be happy. Great season by San Diego State, but ultimately, uh, we would love for BYU to get to that uh, point of the uh, tournament. That'd be awesome. Fun conversation today. Continue to weigh in on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. For Jason, I'm Jerem. Shout out to Todd Mortensen. Transfer. Go Cougs! That was one of our favorite interviews this week. You're listening to the best of BYU Sports Nation. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Let's whip it. Google Whip Around is presented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. All right, Caitlin Clark, Iowa. Things did not work Baller. out for, for her team last night. LSU right. gets the win. Right. Uh, it's been talked about a little bit uh, in the last 24 hours. Uh, is Caitlin Clark the You're closest? You're being sarcastic, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. The closest thing college basketball has or will see to Jimmer. I was, uh, I was thinking that, um, you know, Jimmer Fredette's run was awesome. We forget that, uh, of course, Steph Curry made it to the Elite Eight with Davidson. That sort of run that can transform you. She's been awesome the last couple years, but, like, she pulls up from literally, yeah. like, 30 feet in the second possession of the game. I was going crazy watching Caitlin Clark play. It's fun to see what she's doing for the game of women's basketball in the NCAA. I watched the entire national championship game, and I probably did because I wanted to see Caitlin Clark. Yeah. Um, yeah. The draw was that big. Yes. She did great work, as did LSU. Congrats to the Tigers. Fun championship game to watch. 102 points from LSU. Go Tigers. <laughs> Look, the, the thing about it that, that brings those two players together is what you talked about. It's people, it's casual fans who may not have known about Jimmer at the time, but heard all this about Jimmer, yep. and they would tune in to see what he did. You just want to see someone now do you're doing, something you haven't yes, seen. Yes, you're doing this yep. now with Caitlin Clark, and so yeah, it's probably right now the closest thing because of what you said. It brings in people that otherwise may not be watching. They're like, I gotta see this. I gotta see this player. And women's basketball certainly benefited from a less compelling Final Four on the men's side. Take advantage of the situations, yeah. however you get them. And certainly the growth has been tremendous. And it's been fun to see that growth at BYU as well with women's basketball. We're seeing high and higher attendance, higher ratings on these games as we get going. So, yeah, let's go. Let's go. Okay, UConn or San Diego State for the men's ma uh, national championship tonight. Who you got? Uh, I've got UConn. Who doesn't have UConn? Yeah. They yeah. are undefeated against non-conference foes. They're the seven, and they have seven won point all favorite, of right? them by double figures. I don't know, but that line sounds good. I think, last time I saw it, it was seven. I also want no part of having a certain fan base 
I'm enjoy with you. the national it's championship. It's a rival. Yeah. I don't root for no, said rival I, I, in this I want, situation. I was in the anyone but San Diego State category. It's so. still like if St. Mary's was sitting there, do I actually want them to win the national title? I just want them to have some success. That's great. <laughs> but it's a little too real yeah. if you win yeah. the natty. Yes, it's okay? completely different. And so UConn all the way. And Let's if, go Huskies. If San Diego State wins, well, regardless, we should hang the led them for 30 minutes in a game that year banner. <laughs> in the Marriott Center, because that happened, if you forget. It was in November. You don't like that idea, I can tell. It's fine. It's a joke. All right, we talked about this earlier. In fact, um, let's watch. Let's watch, it. Let's watch yeah. the 80-mile-per-hour serve. I don't know Friday. if you can see it. It's like the speed of light. Exactly. Here we go. Yeah. Let's yeah. take a look at this. <laughs> if you wanted to know what an 80-mile-per-hour serve looks like, it's that. So what is your best comparison to what we saw from Luke Benson and the 80-mile-per-hour serve? Whatever the opposite of Spence running the 40th um, <laughs> was that. That was it. Uh, I'm going to say, it, it, while, while there were no feathers involved, <laughs> the Randy Johnson Ooh. bird. Oh, that's yeah. Oh, you're, you're talking my language. <laughs> the first thing I did in broadcasting ever was like uh, at Copper Hills was called Grizzly Sports. And I showed that clip, and I kid you not, no one commented on anything I did all year. Yeah. It was that play with Randy Johnson and the bird was awesome. When That, hit, that was like, you didn't have YouTube, yeah. so you had to watch it some other way. That was, yes. When that hit the ball. libero, like, it was like, <laughs> The air yeah. just... Get the feathers the go ball. everywhere, yes. <laughs> BYU men's rugby beats Cal 50-14 to 14 Friday. Is men's rugby back? Did it ever leave? Well, they haven't won the natty in a minute. That's, that was the standard. Yes, I understand that. Yeah, sure, why not? They're yeah. back. Yeah. Okay, uh, huge win against Cal, which is awesome. Um, D1A playoffs, by the way, starting this weekend, hosting Arizona at uh, One Mountain Time on Saturday. 12-team playoff for the national championship. BYU's ranked fourth. This is the best team in the Steve St. Pierre era. That's my old roommate. I uh, gotta gotta mention him. The captain when BYU won its first national title in 09. So go check out the boys. That's awesome. Always good to beat Cal. The fighting Mark Madsons of hell. <laughs> All right, friend of the show, Jeff Hansen from uh, from Cougar Sports Insider tweeted out the following after the oh. alumni game. Oh yeah, it was a, it was a picture of of Kalani, uh, Patty Edwards, and Tom Holmo. Um, what would you give for this coat that Tom Holmo was wearing? Because oh, all James, my sins to Jeff, know thee. Yes. Um, Jeff says all I want for Christmas is Tom's coat in a large. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I reached out to someone about, hey, I'm willing to pay for this coat, and the person said, I don't even have this coat. Fun fact, it is reversible to, to Navy. See, It you, is the greatest you, article of clothing that exists in BYU sports right now. I kid you not. It ups the reverse the ante. Navy and Royal? Yes. What? When you can reverse something. Mm. Normally, when something's reversible, it doesn't have the swag. You know what I mean? This, on the other hand, reversible. Yeah, it's, it's legit. Yeah, yeah. The, the utility of that Here's what is I'm second hoping. to the fashion. Here's what I'm hoping is that that is something that as part of the football broadcast that the crew that we get. I'm, fingers are crossed. Certainly hoping that that's for that. part of the swag we it get. It did have the Cougar Club hint, logo hint, on it. Hint. So, Chad Lewis. <laughs> okay, top five Tuesday alumni game edition. In case you missed it, start us off. Number five. Bronson Kufusi now on offense. Look at this, look at this catch. Fade away in the corner. Hold on, should this have been used while he was at BYU? Look at that. Should we have seen this? Max Hall 
fade to the corner. I'm not a big fan of the fade route. You are it, you are in your haircut though. I am my haircut. That's a really nice catch. Yeah. Okay, number four, John Beck to Cody Hoffman. Eight-yard touchdown catch. That's a fun sentence. John Beck to Cody Hoffman. Tied the game at 20. Beck on the eight-yard line. Laser to Hoffman. Uh, sorry, this made it 26-20. This was a huge throw in the game. Guarded by Aleva Hifo. Hoffman making sure Hifo's good. Number three, the Aleva Hifo tip and catch. Look at the concentration on this. Look, pops it up, able to come down with it. Look at that, 25-yard catch by Hifo. Tips, bobbles it, secures it. Look at that. It's all about the concentration, kids. Brandon Ogletree would have laid him out. <laughs> this, <laughs> this was full pads. What a great catch by Aleva. Number two, tight Emmer to Bronson Kafusi. 10-yard touchdown throw. Finds Kafusi in the back of the end zone. That tied the game at 20. And our number one play, Ty Detmer overthrows Kao Kaoluhi. Spencer White grabs the tip, secures the win for the Navy team. Look right through the hands. Spencer White, second interception of the day. He uh, wasn't even expected to be there. Here's the story. Ben Criddle told me this. So Ben Criddle was the defensive coordinator for Navy. Andrew Rich's kids got sick. He called Spencer White and said, hey, do you want to play in this? He's like, oh, I, I'll try and make it work. But Spencer White had two interceptions, two interceptions, including the game winner, and was the MVP of the game. How about that? Like his day started out like, man, I got to go to the grocery store. I got <laughs> to go to Costco. Two interceptions gonna... at LaVelle Edwards Stadium. And two interceptions, including picking off the Heisman Trophy winner. <laughs> That's awesome. For the win. That, uh, awesome. that was wild, man. That's crazy. Okay. The best of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. Get caught up in the week in Cougar Sports. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. He is Jason. I am Jeremy. Let's whip it. Cougar Whip Around is presented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. ESPN's Jordan Reed, no relation to you, for obvious reasons, because it's not his last name. Jordan Reed has Jaron Hall projected as the 13th best quarterback in the NFL draft and has Jaron as a late day three pick or an undrafted free agent, which is more likely. Reed's projection, or what we had talked a lot about being a third or fourth round pick. We're hearing both ends of the spectrum. I don't know where Jaron's going to be drafted. Let's just say in the fifth round. How about that? Uh, right in the <laughs> middle. The right in the middle. Certainly want Jaron to be drafted. I just think it'd be awesome to say, yep, back to back starting quarterbacks if you already have been drafted. Either way, Jaron's going to get a legit look from someone in the NFL, but certainly he is more than good enough to be drafted. Yes. Really hoping that happens. Do not care where. Um, if it's in the seventh, fine, but I would certainly prefer like an early day three if it's going to be day three. I would like to know why he's slipping in some of these because everything that was talked about regarding Jaron through the season and going into stuff over the last couple of months, none of that has changed. He was first round discussed yeah, in yes. September. So I'm, I'm a bit surprised that we're starting to hear this, that he's that he's falling a little bit. I'm with you, I want the fit. And I understand that there's also money that is attached to where you go. So I certainly want him to go as high as possible so that he can capitalize on that. But at the end of the day, I want him to go to a place where it's gonna be a good fit, where he can learn a really good system and where they will have faith in his abilities. Seahawks, let's go. Pro Football Focus has Blake Freeland going in the third round to the Niners. Would a Freeland and Fred Warner Niners team become the de facto NFL team of BYU fans everywhere? Is there a combination that could unseat Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams with the Saints? Uh, look, I, I think it's going to be tough to beat Andy Reid and Matt Bushman. Uh, <laughs> oh, wait, we're, that's, not, that's not the question? Uh, that's not that was not the question? Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, I think it's probably Jamal and Taysom. 
just you're yes. talking about two of these sort timers. of neutral. Yes. I don't have a team, but I'm yes. a, or I have a team, but I watch them too right. because I want to see what's going I, on. I, I think it's going to be very, very difficult to dethrone Jamal and Taysom on the same team. In the era of kids don't have teams, they have favorite players. Right. It's hard to uh, not. Well, you can have it all. You can have a Fred. It, kids can have a Fred Warner jersey and a Jamal Williams jersey if they want. You know what I mean? Yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter. Like the it does my, not, my like game to you and I, you had a no, team. I do not wear yes. the jersey of another team. No, I never, wear my team never. jersey only. It's like oh, I just like the colors. Like I, that's foreign to me. I don't get that. It's that's odd to me. Yeah, that's, that's different. All right, Max Hall gave Keaton Slovis from one quarterback to another his stamp of approval on Friday. Listen to this. I mean, I think he's an elite dude that I can kind of take us where we need to go, especially going into this new conference. Use the E-word. Is, uh, is that an E-word violation in your opinion? Well, he said dude. He didn't say, uh, you know, quarterback among the other quarterbacks nationally. I think Keaton Slovis can become elite. I think as a freshman, he led the country in completion percentage. That was an elite thing. I would love to see it. To me, elite is, uh, you know, you got to be like a top 10 guy. Uh, in the country. So we certainly hope that Aaron Roderick and BYU's offense and Keaton can combine to become that this year. I have the utmost confidence in what Aaron Roderick can do with Keaton Slovis. We already know the physical skills and abilities he has. We've also seen what Aaron Roderick has done over the last couple of years with the quarterbacks here at BYU and this offense. I have no problem Talking it into existence, declaring Keaton Slovis will be elite this year. And listen, I love Jaron Hall. I, I would argue that Jaron um, was not, you know, in that kind of elite sphere, but he was right outside it. He was very good last year among, I'm talking among the quarterbacks. And that's a very picky thing for me. To be elite, you almost have to have a Heisman vote, like among quarterbacks. Yeah. It's very difficult. Jaron was awesome. That is not to disparage him or anybody else. Shout out to Mitch Matthews. You know I love him. UConn has gone from preseason unranked to a men's hoops title. The last football team to do it was Brigham Young in 1984 in the AP poll. Will it ever happen again in football? No, the system doesn't allow it. It, it just doesn't allow it. You, you cannot climb that much to go from unranked into the now, you know, the college football play, you just, there's... What do you mean the system doesn't allow? You win all your games, you you are allowed. But it, but... You think there won't I, be a team I don't think there's going to be a team that will have enough unranked. game. Yes, I don't think there's going to be a team that will start the season unranked, that will be able to play enough of the teams that will get them high enough. What do you mean? It could be any Big Ten, I, SEC, I don't, I don't Big think, 12. I don't think it's going to happen. I think those days TCU are, last year was one game away. I, I, I don't think it's going to happen. So you never think BYU's going to win a natty again, though? Because BYU ain't starting preseason rank too often. Okay, so you obviously think it's possible. I do, because Cam Newton was so far off the radar of anyone that they didn't know how good he was. He went from off the radar, what, Juco guy? To, uh, well, and previously he was FBS guy. To Heisman! If you have that ascent at that position, you can do it. Okay, but how rare is that? And you're Auburn. <laughs> you're Auburn. Like, you can win the Natty any year. Right. It is very rare. Yes, very rare. But it could happen again, absolutely. Yeah. Right. All right, the way too early top 25s are out for next year's NCAA basketball. Uh, ESPN's yes. Jeff Borzello has four Big 12 teams ranked with Kansas uh, at seven being the highest. Mm -hmm. uh, what's your reaction to the Big 12 teams in the way too early rankings with a lot of them in the top Well, 25? it makes me sweat like it did yeah. throughout this year. Uh, Kansas, Houston instantly becomes one of the best, yep. if not the best team. Texas, Baylor. 
There's also potential Big 12 teams in there, don't forget. Uh, Arizona, Colorado, Gonzaga, San Diego State. So it could be as high as eight uh, if we look at the next couple of years. By the way, Stuart Mandel told us a few weeks ago on the show, hey, it's, it's uh, you know, Gonzaga's going to the Big 12, could be in the next couple of weeks. Still waiting on that one. Uh, maybe the Pac-12 has to make a move first. We'll see. If this surprises anybody, you have not been paying attention. <laughs> Where have you been? Where have In you fact, been? In fact, isn't four low? <laughs> yeah. Hon yes. Honestly, I thought it would be five more. or six. I figured it would be at least six. And that includes Houston in this. So it's basically three of the old guard. Right. Is that what we're calling? What are we calling them? The OG ten. And then when Texas and Oklahoma leave, the OG, OG eight. eight. I don't. We don't have a name. The Great Eight. They weren't all great though. Let's be honest. Okay, BYU football game, Super Bowl champions, Matt Bushman, Zane Anderson, Andy Reid, and assistant running backs coach Porter Ellett, special BYU-Kansas City combo helmets to commemorate the Super Bowl win. Jason, oh. what would you give to get this? Because I can see you doth covet this. I want that so much. <laughs> There's everything about that is so Awesome. I don't know how I get one. Obviously, I'm not going to be winning a Super Bowl anytime soon. Uh, but I got to have one. What I would give, um, I would give a lot of money and a lot of your money to get one. And a lot of my money. Yes. Very nice. Very nice. Whatever I, I would give, I would uh, have you match. You would double it. Yeah. I would have you double it. It'd be like uh, Spencer, then would triple your 401k it. with, uh, with <laughs> yeah. BYU. Yeah, I can only imagine them putting that helmet together, but the Kansas City sticker's not on there, and someone going, uh, what is that in the locker room? <laughs> is that oh, one of those, Kansas City. Is that one of those U BYU hats? <laughs> I hate that, by the way. I, I don't. Unless I you're it. a parent yeah. with both a player on both teams, then I get it. But have one wear one, have one wear the other. I'm, not, certain, a, I'm not the half and half jersey hat that's not. Panda Express, you don't do half and half? No. A certain someone yes, I do, actually. showed up at a BYU-Utah game a few years ago with a half-half hat. I did not like it. I am not going to say who it is. Pick, pick. I did not like pick it. Pick it. Pick one. Okay? Just pick one. Pick a side. Pick a side. And by that, we mean pick the blue side. And if you work at BYU, it probably should be BYU. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. The best of BYU Sports Nation collects our favorite conversations and brings them to you every Saturday. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B. Jeremy Jordan alongside Shep. Kyle Van Noy stole the show Friday. He was fantastic. Uh, some fun conversations with a bunch of guys, including Kelly Papinga, about being back at BYU and his goals. Here it is. Yeah, first of all, I mean, it feels just feels like home, right? Being here feels like home, being around all you guys and seeing everybody that's uh, really been a been, you know, important part of my life. Seeing all those dudes has been awesome, but... Uh, Honestly, our goal is to be aggressive on defense and be able to hold the points down and give our, our, our team our best chance to win. That's what we want to do. But Coach Hill keeps preaching it. We're going to be aggressive, and we're going to keep the points down and uh, give ourselves a chance to win a Big 12 championship. That's the goal. I mean, bringing uh, coaches like yourself and Sione on the D-line coach is definitely a step in the right direction when we talk about aggression. Uh, uh, another thing I want to pinpoint that you do such a good job of coaching is fundamentals. Um, can you dive in just for a little bit of like one fundamental that you saw that was lacking last year on this team that you've done this year and has been like a main focus point that you want to see the biggest difference in? Just because the scheme was so different a year ago with the DNs on how they approach playing a five technique. so. Being able to just play a five technique and knowing how to strike, 
striking with our hands, being able to set edges, and how to escape blocks. And so it was just different how it was done before. Not saying in any, any way it was better or worse, but um, just being able to strike and play the run has uh, been our main focus and setting edges. Like that's what we've been trying to do. And uh, you know, I think our guys are doing a really good job of that. And, just, hey, that's what we Let's do. Go. Hey, set edges, get after the quarterback, and, you know, everybody else will do their job. But that's our job, set edges and get after the QB. Awesome. All right, last question. For kids that are watching over the, the world on BYU TV, and you were once a, a, a little boy, can you give us any advice to that little boy that you could go back and say, hey, I want to play football. Yeah. What can I do? Or what? what's going to be the difference to make it to the college level yeah, just love the process of training love the process of being in the weight room love the process of learning the game just love that process right of continuing to learn and grow and just you know a lot of kids these days want to be recruited and just want to go you know be all show but just love the process of working to be great and if you do that great things will be in store for you love that love you bro love you man just two all-time backers just chatting it up at uh, Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Awesome. Um, and, uh, you know, good stuff there from uh, from Kelly with Kyle. Yeah, and KBN does it again. Thanks, Greg. Thank you. I couldn't do my I couldn't do it like Greg. Uh, this time he's talking with BYU linebacker Ben Bywater, who, by the way, did not play in the scrimmage, uh, but helped break it down with Kyle talking about the transition from last year to this year. What's up, guys? Here I'm with our main man, Ben Bywater. He's the leader of the defense right now, coming back off of injury, but we don't have to discuss that because injuries we don't care about. We're going to talk about life and football real quick. So, Ben, after, you know, a season that you don't want to remember but you want to remember, uh, what are you going to do to go into this, up this new season by – just putting that to the past, but also at the front of your mind to have that motivate you to do whatever you can to maximize this year with everything that's yeah. gone on. I know that was a lot. Sorry. No, 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 no. That's a good question. For me, it's like, yeah, you want to remember last year just because it's like, look, you got to learn from your past. But I mean, if you stare at it, you're going to stay there. So for us, it's like we understand where we need to be better. And uh, Coach Hill's been great for us. A lot of new energy, a lot of new faces. So I'm excited. Just eating the chicken, you know what I'm saying? We're, we're heavy on the chicken now. We're playing Big 12 football, a lot of steak. So uh, it's going to be big boy stuff, and I'm excited for it. Yeah, I love chicken. You Chicken or steak? I'm a chicken guy. All right, chicken. I like that. Uh, another question I had was, uh, how do you and Thule maximize your talents in this new defense, but also bring the dog out and your other teammates that may not know you, may have transferred in, especially into a new system? Yes, sir. That's, that's another great question. For us, it's like you got to go prove yourself every single day you step out there. And these guys that come in, these new young guys, like you got to go show them, like, hey, this is – this is what got me here, right? If you, if you do the, the nitty-gritty, the dirty work, and that gets you to where you are, and then now that you think you're high and mighty, you stop doing that stuff, like, that's not going to, you know, you're not going to be able to stack year on year after year. So for us, for me and Max, it's going to be aggressive. We're going to be playing downhill. So I'm excited for it. And, uh, yeah, just go earn my respect, earn the respect of my teammates. You know, that's my biggest goal is, like, lead from the front, you know. Go out there, be with your guys, work hard, and show them, you know, what you're about. All right, two quick other questions. One, who should we be out here watching today Like that's going to pop out that you've seen work in this spring? Who should we keep an eye on? I like Eddie Heckard, number okay. five. Yeah, our nickel. He came from Weaver State. 
He's a stud. He really is. Like, he's locked down. He knows his assignments. He's really got a lot of great attention to detail. So I like watching him. You know, he really perfects his craft. So for me, that inspires me. And, uh, yeah, watch him. Okay, we're going to be watching him. Last question. If you were to play offense, what position would you pick? RB1, okay. running back. Give me the rock, okay? Just like his last touchdown. I feel you. All right. Ben Bywater, everybody. Eating the chicken. Eating the chicken. Like, he's speaking my language. But I'm hoping that's like the new slogan that we've got, we get that on the T-shirts. Eating the chicken. We eating the chicken. Look, I'd, I'd buy I one. Li I like it. Okay. You know who else has been eating some chicken? Blake Freeland. Uh, that dude is strong and can move. And it was fun to talk to him about his pro day and what he's hearing from NFL teams. I'm with Blake Freeland, who uh, killed it at pro day last week. How would you feel it went? Uh, I thought it went well. It was Sorry, really exciting this? to get out there and compete again. Uh, just another opportunity to kind of show my skill set and uh, put on. You did the bench. You got 25 reps. They took off two there. You got an extender, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was a seven. I mean, 25 is cool. I'll take 25. 25 is great. Um, and then in the 20-yard shuttle, you shaved off 0.3 seconds, which would have been first at the combine. How did you shave off that much in a matter of what a month? Um, honestly, at the combine, my legs were kind of dead towards the end. That was the last thing we did um, after a bunch of position work. So um, I think fresh, fresh legs helped a lot. Um, and a couple extra weeks of training also does big, big wonders. You crushed it in terms of the athleticism and everything at the combine. What's the conversation like with uh, teams at this point about who might pick you and where they might pick you? Um, you know, I've been having a, a good amount of meetings, and it's all just uh, getting to know the guys, them getting to know me, um, doing a lot of uh, them teaching me uh, their plays, and then I just kind of go through my film, talk through it. Um, but not, not a lot of talk, just kind of where I, where I stand, I guess, but uh, just, just a lot of learning meetings. That's kind of where I've been at right now. How was the overall experience and what was the final uh, pro day at BYU as next year they'll start to have a Big 12 one? Say that again, sorry. How was the overall experience at BYU's final pro day in Provo because next year's a Big 12 pro day? Oh, it was awesome. I mean, BYU always puts on a great production. Um, I mean, we got a big big video screen, uh, show all the numbers. We had 17 dudes compete, so it was really fun. Um, a, lot of, a lot of my boys did well and competed and kind of showed off their stuff, so it was, it was really fun just getting out there and competing last, one last time with the boys. What's it like to be back in the stadium watching your teammates of next year's edition? Uh, it's awesome. A lot of familiar faces, a lot of unfamiliar faces. Um, get a lot, meet a lot of the new boys. Uh, the team looks a lot different this year, but I'm excited to see what they got. Excited to uh, kind of tune into the practices, into the scrimmages. This will be the third, third one I've been to, so uh, it's great to watch them. They look great. I'm excited to see what they got. Connor Pay was on BYU Sports Nation today, and he said he was wearing some shoes that you gave him. Apparently, you gave him a bunch of stuff. He was very appreciative of that. How much did you give him? Um, I'm not really sure. He, he <laughs> took over my room, so I kind of just, I left a couple things in there that I think, thought he'd appreciate, and I just didn't really, didn't really wear anymore, something that was a little too small for me, so just let him take over, and yeah. Aaron Roderick has been very complimentary of uh, this year's offensive line, saying, hey, we were really good last year, and we feel like we're uh, longer and, and uh, you know, pretty talented as well. What do you think of the new group? Um, I've, I've only been to about two, two, three practices now, but they look good. They look fast. Um, I'm not really sure who the first group is yet, but um, it seems like they're rotating in a lot of guys, and uh, they're all performing really well, so I'm excited to see what, see what they can do. And I know um, they'll probably make some additions this summer, and, uh, you know, the offseason's a great great way and great time to get better. So we'll just see we'll see what fall looks like and see how they produce. Well, Blake, best of luck with everything, and uh, enjoy the NFL draft next month. Yes, sir. Appreciate you.
Blake Freeland, hopefully uh, he's going late second round. That feels like the high end for him, but uh, certainly he uh, helped himself in Indianapolis and at BYU's Pro Day. It was fun to see him again. Yeah. That's a big dude. Yeah, he's, he's going to – He's eating the chicken. He's eating the chicken. Uh, he's going to be able to afford a lot of chicken. Yes, he will. Uh, and whoever gets him is going to be getting a good one. So athletic. Yeah, very Can't much wait so. for the NFL draft, which, by the way, is like three and a half weeks away. In Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If I didn't have a baseball game, I would be there. You should just go. The best of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Zach Fuchs went 2-0 in those victories, and I got a chance to talk to him about that, his progression, Legos, and much more. All right, Zach, first and foremost, congratulations on the uh, the 2-0 and uh, victory last week at uh, Stanford and USD. Take, take me through what it was like uh, to pick up the victory and, and how big that was for you. Well, uh, it's right right after it kind of felt surreal. I uh, I had to win that big, I guess, in my career, so it was, it was a pretty cool feeling, kind of it was, it was just a lot, a lot of nerves, honestly, having to close it out. But it was it was it was awesome going through that with the team and and having some big wins. But it was thinking back on it, it's, it gets gets more and more fun to think about. I guess so. It's it's been great. Yeah. Well, and, and the, there's there's a couple of of subplots with all of this. So you grew up a a, a Cal fan, yeah. And as everybody knows, Cal versus Stanford, that's the rivalry. So there's yeah. that added element. I'm sure it yeah. meant a lot to beat uh, a player from Stanford. But I mean, the guy that you beat was 59th ranked. He was the 59th ranked player. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. that's probably adding some uh, some added you know um, enthusiasm to a, a victory like that, right? Oh, for sure. And also, he uh, he actually beat my little brother uh, in December, I think, or no, August. So a while ago. So I got some family revenge there. So I was that was great. Uh, and uh, no, there there was that element of I guess Cal versus Stanford. I'm, Cal's Cal's a part of me, I guess, still. But uh, and I used to live and train near Stanford, so it's uh, it's great to to shut them down. I guess, yeah. So. so you originally committed to Gonzaga out of high school, right? But then you ended up changing your mind due to the, the COVID year. So so how did BYU come into the mix? How did you become a BYU Cougar? Well, I guess honestly, I, I uh, like BYU was on my mind out of high school, but I, uh, I didn't have a great connection with the coach and and it kind of fell short, I guess, after he left. And then um, I was like, okay, I'm going to go to Gonzaga. It's, it seemed like a good fit. And then COVID hit, never, never stepped foot on campus, took online classes. And then that coach left actually. And then uh, I met Wally in Southern California and he was like, he had a weird journey coming to BYU too. And he uh, kind of recruited me on the way. And, and that's, and now, now we're both, uh, I guess, thriving here. So it's, it's been great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you never know what, uh, what path you're going to take and you think maybe you're going down one road and then you go down another road and it turns out to, to be, you know, what was best for you. Is that kind of how you look at it right now? Yeah. I mean, I, I thought I had it all figured out, um, going to Gonzaga and out of high school and stuff. And I'm, I'm on a completely different path. I think a much better path, but, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's not how I expected it, but I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. So yeah, it's been great. Well, and we were talking about the win over Stanford and and how big that was, but you know you helped BYU upset you know twenty seventh ranked San Diego as well, and that broke USD's sixteen straight WCC match win streak. How big was that for you guys? 
I mean, that, that was awesome. We've uh, we've had like a tough, uh, just like away matches. We've, we've had a tough season from there, but coming back, we haven't played a home in a while. Our last our last home match was a win actually against St. Mary's. So it was a conference win, and and we, we knew they were in their head. Like they hadn't, that coach hadn't won at BYU in his entire career, and and they really wanted it. But I think we wanted a little more, and and we uh, we had that edge on them, I guess. And they they probably had a few nerves trying to come up here and beat us, and. But it was it was just a great uh, team dynamic pulls together and and so a lot a lot of guys came up and performed well and and that's what we needed to, to shut them down I guess so it was it was great it was great. Well, as one does when you get ready for an interview like this, you do a little bit of background work and you try and find out as much uh, about the person that you're going to talk to as you can. So I got a couple of uh, personalities things for you. So your favorite tennis player Nick Kyrgios, right? Is that is that yeah. accurate? What why yeah. is why is Nick your favorite tennis player? I mean, uh, to be honest, he's he's a little crazy on the court, but uh, I have a little bit of that. Not not quite as extreme, I guess. But um, he's he's just super fun to watch, and he's a uh, he's a little big serve, which is kind of kind of my game. I thought that's how I play, kind of similar to him, I guess. And and he's just he's just such an athlete and so fun to watch. It's he's a little crazy though, but it makes it more fun. <laughs> sure, yeah, it adds yeah. adds a nice little layer to it. So now. You're also pretty vocal on the court. Are, yeah. are you aware? And for those that that maybe don't follow tennis, you know, big serve. You know, there's there's like a big yell, a big grunt. Like yeah. like is that? Are you aware of of how vocal you are on the court? Yeah, I mean it. It's I definitely got a lot more vocal this year. I've uh, I I kind of to fake in the beginning, then I start get into it. It comes out naturally, but. I just had to zone out the the thoughts of thinking it's embarrassing, and then I just it just helps me play better, I guess. So, but it, it's 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 just fun. The it, it makes the tennis environment more fun, I guess, and and it helps me play better. Like both teams are, San Diego was super loud, and I had to match that, I guess, kind of, and and it, it just adds another element, and helps me play better. So it's. But yeah, no, I've I've gone a lot more vocal. Yeah, that's that's All right. Well, you mentioned it adds some fun. So speaking of fun, we were told that you very much enjoy Legos. Oh, so yeah. now you need to you need to explain this because look, every, a lot of people like Legos, but what does that mean? Does that mean that you know you're always kind of tinkering with Legos? Like if we walk into your house, are we gonna see like this giant size, like uh, you know? death star sitting in the middle of your room like like what does that mean that you like legos i mean that's yeah i mean i have a lego set actually right up right up here behind me <laughs> or in front of me but uh i uh i don't know i grew up playing legos all the time i kind of mess with them but uh it's just i don't know i, I love building them and I, I have a few sets in the the living room here i guess too i need to, I need to start building but I, I don't know it's just uh super fun to put those sets together i kind of I kind of straight off and kind of made my own things, I guess, tried to make like a, a D-Day thing, but haven't, I haven't finished that. School kind of took over, but I'm, uh, no, it's, it's kind of a hobby for me. Yeah. There you go. Like, so, so do you have a prized finished Lego set or action, you know, figure that you've put together? Like, do you have a favorite of anything? Yeah, it's, man, it's tough. Probably the, uh, the, like the, called the the UCS Millennium Falcon. I mm. I had the old one. I, I got the new one. I got build too, but it's uh it's pretty it's pretty it's pretty cool to to look at, I guess. 
it's it's process to build, but it's it's a fun finished product. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's the that's the fun of it, right? It's it's yeah. if it were if it were something that were easy and quick, it probably wouldn't be as fun. But because you take oh, the time fun. to put it together, that's what makes it fun. Yeah, yeah. And you can sit there and admire admire your work after you're done. So there you go. <laughs> it's great. All right. So we know your family, sister, uncle, cousins all play or have played sports in college. So I'm going to assume you have a very um not just athletic family, but a very competitive family. Who's the oh, best yeah. best athlete in the extended family? Do you think? Um, that's uh, I don't know. It's probably ah, man, probably between me and my brother right now. I guess I would say. <laughs> but you're gonna say you, right? Yeah, yeah. I would, I would say me after after being a, the guy he lost to. I mean, I, I got yes. <laughs> you, yeah, you you yeah. avenged you avenged the loss in the yeah. family. That gives you the right to be the most competitive guy. I, I I won that at least. So that's that, that's going well. But no, I, I would yeah. I just I don't want to get too cocky. But yeah, I would, I would say that. Yeah, there we go. That's yeah. good. All right. So you have home matches this week on Friday against USF, and then Saturday against Santa Clara. Give us a little preview of those coming up this weekend. Yeah, I mean, can't take anyone for granted. I think. I mean, Santa Clara's had a had a really good season. I'm not too sure about UC. I think they're a little weaker than Santa Clara, but uh, I mean, they're coming up here. They're going to be a little nervous after seeing our uh, USD and Stanford results. So that's that's an edge we have on them, and and uh, I think our team's a lot more energized and ready to beat those guys and and have some good conference wins. But yeah, so it's this is a matter of waiting to see if we're going to play indoors or outdoors. But I think either way, we can we have a really really good chance. So yeah. No, yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Like, is there a chance you're going to finally be able to play some tennis outside? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of tough right now. It's uh, like 20-something degrees outside, so we can't leave practice right now. But So it, it wouldn't be as much of an advantage for us, but we'd still have a major advantage. But, I mean, outdoors, I think it's about 50 degrees where you can play outdoors, and I think it's supposed to be just over 50. So we'll see. We'll see. It might, it might be outdoors this weekend. So there we go. Well, Zach, I appreciate uh, a few minutes. Thank you so much. Congratulations on the wins over Stanford and, uh, in uh, San Diego and good luck this weekend against uh, Santa Clara and uh, San Francisco. Appreciate the time. Thanks, man. Yeah. Thank you so much. Jason. The best of BYU sports nation. We'll be right back. Rise and shout for the trending topics of the week here on the best of BYU sports nation. Let's go, baby! July 1st is coming. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Wednesday, April 5th. I am Jerem Jordan alongside NFL draft guru Jason Shepard. That's coming up from Kansas City later this month. Bro. Yes, it is. Uh, I've, I've been following it as a Chiefs fan, kind of following all the little pictures and reading all the stories about how it's going to go down. It looks awesome. When you win the Super Bowl, the draft's not as exciting because right. you're like the 32nd pick. Right. But in the NFL draft, there's so much talent. Everybody's getting something. Well, in the and, NBA draft, it's like, well, hopefully that guy pans be, out. Yeah, when you win the Super Bowl, you're obviously picking 31. Or th- this year, you're actually picking 31 because the Rams lost their first-round draft picks. So there's only 31 picks. Congrats. Upgrade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you get one pick higher. But like, I just have in the back of my mind, and maybe this is like talking it into existence, that the Chiefs, because they're hosting it this year, 
Like maybe maybe make a little deal to move up. Well, you know? is it like the uh, World Cup in soccer where the host <laughs> team gets like this bump yeah. that they wouldn't otherwise? Right. We'll see. Uh, look, Unless I love your the, name's Qatar. I, I love the NFL draft. Like I, it is my I favorite am, draft yes. by far. Like the the by combine far. does nothing for me. I like the NFL combine. You don't like I have never. It has never been a thing for me ever. Years. But yeah. the draft, I will consume that. Like chicken soup. It's mu- why I picked chicken, chicken soup. soup I, don't I don't know. know I don't know why I said that. Well, Ben Bywater the other day said wheat and chicken. Chicken, yes. We you got will the shirt. consume. You're a yes. big chicken guy. Yes. Protein. Yes. Naturally. Yes. Anyway, on today's show, <laughs> we will not be talking about chicken. Uh, quality versus quantity. Which is more important for BYU football in the NFL draft? Jeff Hansen from 24/7 Sports joins us to discuss BYU recruiting, transfer portal, and sneakers. What does Utah's record-breaking snow totals mean for the upcoming BYU football season? You may be surprised what's on the horizon according to the snow totals. Mm. And we talk tennis and Legos with BYU's Zach Fuchs. Is he a master builder? Uh, I I believe he is. I believe he is. Can't wait to hear it. But first, here are today's headlines. The Indianapolis Colts flew to Utah to hold a private workout with Jaron Hall, according to ESPN's Jeremy Fowler. The Colts are projected to take a quarterback with the fourth overall pick. So interesting that they would want uh, to talk to Jaron. Maybe they draft him later as well, or maybe they don't go quarterback. I'm thinking they go quarterback at four. It's a quarterback-heavy draft, so this is an interesting move that they are interested in Jaron. This is the second time that I have seen reports out there about the Colts being very interested. Spencer's mentioned it and cited John Beck as the source there. there, There definitely seems to be something there. Former Cougar Mike Weir looks to defend his Masters Par 3 co-championship today in Augusta, Georgia. By the way, I cannot believe it's already been this long. 20 years since Weir won the Masters back in 2003. One of the greatest individual achievements for a BYU Cougar ever. Unbelievable. Like, I would argue it, it might even be better than Steve Young's Super Bowl MVP. Like, that hard individually to do that in that sport. You look so disappointed. Swim and dive news. Mickey Strauss and Alexia Jackson are the MPSF Divers of the Year. Strauss was the only diver in the conference to qualify for NCAA Nationals. This is the third Diver of the Year award as well. Uh, Brad Prolo, the MPSF Swimmer of the Year. Coach Tice Routson, the Federation Diving Coach of the Year for the men and women as well. Just cleaning house in the awards. Men's tennis's Wally Thane entered the ITA Collegiate Tennis Rankings at number 123 after beating the 5th and 69th ranked players against Stanford this weekend. Thane's win is the biggest ranked win in program history. Now, tennis will be hosting San Francisco and Santa Clara this weekend. And hey, with the weather, maybe they'll actually get to play it outside. Speaking of tennis, you will hear from Thane's teammate, Zach Fuchs later in the show. Yoli Childs had eight points, five rebounds, in a Hamburg Towers upset win against BG Gottingen. I know that's a huge matchup every time they get together. You, look, when you throw out the records when those two teams No one meet. breaks down German hoops like BYU's Amen. Former Cougar ace Michael Rucker pitched a third of an inning last night for the Cubs as Chicago beat the Reds in Cincinnati. Rucker's appeared in three of the Cubs' five games this season and has allowed just one hit and one run with three strikeouts. He's the Coog in the show. Well done. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. For Jaron Hall, What's
What's Trending is presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. Learn more at Bodyguards.com. NFL Draft coming up in Kansas City, home of one Jason Shepard, April 27th through the 29th. Cougs have several projected NFL draft picks. Blake Freeland, Jaron Hall, Puka Nakua, maybe even Caleb Hayes. Shep, is it more important to you to have high BYU draft picks or a higher number of draft picks from BYU? I surprised myself on this one because I would have thought after really diving into this, that I would have said the quality, that you want the higher draft picks. Because as we saw, look, when Zach Wilson was taken and all of the attention that BYU got because he was taken number two overall, I, I kind of figured that's where I would land. But I, I landed on getting more players in. It's the Costco principle. <laughs> well, you want a three-pack. Yeah, yeah, I'll take a three-pack. I'll take a, uh, take plasma a, TVs. I'll take a ten-pack of BYU <laughs> players in the NFL. The more players you have drafted into the NFL, the more opportunities you have for guys to stick. And you want more guys. Look, and you're, you've always seen this to a certain degree, but it does feel like over the last 10 to 15 years, more and more middle-round picks, late-round picks are turning into big-time performers and are really getting a look as opposed to just guys in the first – two, three rounds. Yes. And so I think yes. it, it's all about getting guys, having guys that have the talent to get the looks and that teams are willing to say, yes, I am going to use one of my picks on you. Yeah, we could try and play the game and try and hope that we get you as a free agent, but we like you so much. We're going to use one of our draft picks, part of our currency, to buy in on you. So I think the more of that you can have, the more opportunities you have for guys to stick in the league. And I think that's what BYU needs. Get a bunch of guys in there and see what happens. Because we've seen Jamal Williams, he gets in there. We've seen what he's done. Last year was fantastic. Taysom getting in. You have Undrafted free agent. Undrafted free him. agent, obviously. But he's in the league. And once you're in, you have opportunities. And again, half, the, half the league's undrafted. Yes. So, so it's a situation where I, I think if you can get the more draft picks you get in, the more chances you have of them sticking and being able to provide something for those teams. So that's where I land. I agree it's quantity. Now, what I don't want is just all in the sixth or seventh round, though. I would like some fourth and fifth rounders. You look at the last couple of years, certainly having Jamal Williams and Tyler Algier, who are day three guys, but early day three guys, and have stuck and have 1,000-yard seasons. Tyler obviously knew Jamal seasoned vet now in the league and one of the biggest personalities. That matters, right? You look at the independence era by day. So day one is first round. Day two is second and third round. Day three is four through seven. Of course, we're kind of dealing in the seven-round era here. BYU's had two picks on day one in the independence era. That would be Ziggy Ansah, the fifth pick in 2013, Zach Wilson in 2021 as the second pick. Um, Ziggy had a really successful career. Zach navigating his way through New York now after two years with Aaron Rodgers probably coming in, as we mentioned. The day two picks have really been the ones that hit for BYU, though. Think of it. Kyle Van Noy, Fred Warner, Sione Takitaki, Brady Christensen now going into year three as a starting left guard for the Panthers. Those guys have really been where BYU has buttered its bread. I would like more day two picks. Blake Freeland, we hope, is a day two pick. We believe that Jaron Hall will be early day three. We think Puka Nakua is there as well. Caleb Hayes, if he's in the draft, is day four, or sorry, day three, but at the end of that. You look at the, the quantity of that is good. And we'll ask Jeff Hansen coming up as well from Cougar Sports Insider, his opinion on this. Excited to hear that. But yes, I agree. You, 
obviously you want both. But if you told me you have one first rounder and he starts, but you could have a third rounder, a fourth rounder, a sixth rounder, and a seventh rounder, I'd take that. Yeah. Because like you said, you want to be able to say, we're putting multiple guys in the league every year, and so-and-so is a guy that you already know. You may not know that he went to BYU. But like what BYU can do right now has been awesome. They can say, listen, Jaron Hall is going to be drafted. We're going to go back-to-back on our quarterbacks. The guy after Keaton Slovis um, that BYU brings in, because they'll bring in some high-profile guy again to compete with Jake Retzloff and Cade Finnegan and Ryder Burton, right? They'll hopefully be able to say with Keaton Slovis, hey, we've had three, our last three dudes have been drafted, or they've at least got into camps in the, in the case of maybe Keaton, right? Hopefully he's drafted. The last couple of left tackles we've had have right. gone in, in Brady Christensen and Blake Freeland, and then Kingsley Suamata'ia. Oh, and running back is a thing that we do here as well in Jamal Williams and Tyson Williams and Tyler Algier. That is awesome. And then you hope Caleb Hayes can get in because now you go, hey, Chris Wilcox was picked, hopefully Caleb Hayes. We had a drought there where it was Derwin Gray in 93-94. But guess what? We're putting guys in the league at all kinds of positions now. It's not just the quarterbacks and the mountain men, as Brady Papinga once called it, which I think is hilarious and accurate that BYU has always been able to get the mountain men positions, which are O-line, tight end, linebacker. BYU can recruit all kinds of positions now. I really hope Ryan Rico gets a shot as well. Where are you going, look, we're even doing special teams right. at this point. Um, that, yeah, I agree with you that quantity is, is what we were hoping for. And uh, that this year we can go three plus, and that next year you can continue that with at least Kingsley Suamata'ia, and then you keep it going. Because BYU right now is on a roll. Yeah in the NFL draft. We have not had this sort of uh, push by the Cougars in a long time, which we'll break down coming up. All right, let's push this conversation forward and discuss it through the lens of the Big 12 and moving forward. Oh yeah, that. Yeah, oh yeah, that's still happening. Yes. How many guys do you think BYU needs to put in the NFL draft each year to become competitive in the Big 12? Is there a number? Okay, good question. Let's look at the last three years of the two teams that were in the title game and what they did, okay? Uh, Baylor, two years ago, we're not going off last year because we don't have the dra- who's drafted, right? Right. Um, from Kansas State and TCU quite yet. So in the 22 draft, Baylor won the league. They had six picks. And Oklahoma State, who lost that title game by a foot, may have cost BYU a New Year's Six uh, <laughs> bid that year, had three. <laughs> the year before that, Oklahoma has five. Iowa State's in the title game. They have one. Granted, shorter year, COVID, whatever, kind of different. Uh, BYU benefited from that year. In the 2020 draft, coming off 2019 game, Oklahoma and Baylor each had four. So it looks like to win the league, typically that team the next year, the guys who are in the draft, it looks like it's generally uh, four plus if you're winning the league. And if you're in that title game, it's about uh, about three or so. BYU is kind of in that space uh, at the moment. It, w- last year it was just one, of course. But this year, BYU is going to have three. Next year, we're hoping BYU has several others. That, that matters. Now, can you win a Big 12 title with three guys? Who are de- no, but you need three behind them, and then three behind them, and three behind them. Now, if you have uh, you know, an NFL guy every fourth guy on the field, right. now you're in a position. It's not that simple. That's certainly one metric. But Oklahoma has been the best team in the Big 12 for a long time. They produced 16 picks the last three years. I went through and looked at the new Big 12 teams. Cincinnati's had 14 the last three years. They had nine coming off the playoff after 
And they're coming off their high as a football program. And that's the high ever. Baylor had six, as mentioned. Um, Kansas State is interesting. Now, Kansas State has had one pick the last three years, yet they won the league last year. They may have a couple in the draft this year, sort of merit that. But you look at a team like Baylor who's emerging, 11. That's that's third most the last three years. BYU is tied for ninth with six. Welcome to Power 5 football, where we're going, hey, we had five in 2020. It's like, well... Join the club. Right. Um, because BYU's had one, five, and then in 2020 had zero. It was a young group. The next two years they'd produce six picks. And then this year are going to produce three picks. So that number is getting better for BYU. But to compete in the Big 12, and maybe making the title game isn't compete. It's like, can you finish in the top five right. of the 14, uh, at least for that the, the first year? Yeah, you probably need three to five picks. I think BYU's tracking into that space more than they have been. Yeah, look, I mean, there's not a guarantee that all – you can have – there are a lot of teams that don't win a lot of college football games that put guys in the NFL. Talent – Yes. So – so. But not like three to five a year. Correct. Maybe a guy or two. I I don't think there's like this this magic number that every year if you have this, it's – you're – you can just go ahead well, and... Well, if it's like 10, sure. Right. <laughs> the number that came to me is is kind of where you landed on. I feel like if BYU can have three guys consistently, minimum, every year that are getting drafted into the NFL, number one, yeah, I think that means awesome. that you have a really, really talented football program mm-hmm. if you're consistently putting three guys in the NFL every year. But I also think as a minimum of putting three guys in, that's going to put you in a spot to be competitive in your league. Yes. Now, obviously, we, BYU, is, as you said, is trending that way now. So the hope is well, that that continue. becomes your baseline, and now you can start maybe adding to that and yep. where you're getting to four or five. Now, some years, maybe you're only going to have two. Other years, maybe you're going to put in six. But if the average can be yes, three. Yes, I think three is kind of that, that number where if you can get an average of three guys in every year, you're a really good football team and you're winning games. There's only one team um, over the independence era for BYU um, that averages more than three a year. It's Oklahoma, 5.3. Baylor is next at 2.9, 2.6. Maybe two is re- the realistic number. That would kind of be like seventh among all the Big 12 teams. Maybe it's two average over a period, right? Right. Three would be pretty stinking good. And, of course, you'd take five one year and one the next. Sure. If the five yielded that special yes. season. You'd take the special season over a couple of dumpy years. Like, sometimes that's the cost. Ask Utah. It took them 11 years, right, to win the league. But they've built – they're in a place that BYU wants to get to, which is – we feel like we can win the league. Right. We're in that competitive spot. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Hear what the coaches, athletes, and experts have to say. Here's another great interview from the week on the best of BYU Sports Nation. Jeff Hansen now joins us on BYU Sports Nation, of course, of Cougar Sports Insider on 247sports.com. Amen and amen, Jeff. We are who we are, man. We talk about how we're a peculiar people. Let's just lead into it. You know, Taylor Swift fans, <laughs> they go nuts. They, they spend all their money. They line up and break Ticketmaster to go to a Taylor Swift concert, and they're applauded for it. But we're, we're, we're mocked. 
because we wear Air Monarchs and blue and tan cargo shorts? No, we are who we are, and we need to embrace it. Look, I, I am all in for <laughs> leaning into who we are. Look, you cannot tell me that if we brought back for football games singing popcorn popping. I want to throw some tortillas on the field. You cannot tell me that the opposition wouldn't be freaked out wondering what in the world is going on. It is an advantage that we are not taking advantage of anymore. I completely agree. I mean, is it really, like, way less dorky to do jump around at Wisconsin than to sing popcorn popping <laughs> the is, is the line really that thick? I don't think those songs are that far off. These are the same. And, uh, of course, Keaton Slovis on Friday came into BYU Sports Nation, and he was rocking the Air Monarchs. This guy fits in here perfectly. That's my quarterback, man. That's my quarterback. <laughs> all right, let's talk about non-Air Monarch things, although we could talk about that all day. Okay, uh, <laughs> cer- certainly we were just having a conversation about the role of NFL draft picks in BYU. Are we going for quantity, or would we prefer maybe there are fewer but higher picks? What's your opinion in BYU and the NFL draft, which is coming up later this month? Yeah, for me, it's quantity, right? I mean, every kid dreams of being drafted in the NFL and from a recruiting pitch, from purely a BYU standpoint, being able to go to a recruit's house and say, hey, look, we've had, you know, 20 recruits that have been drafted in the last X years. That holds more weight than, hey, there's been two or three first round picks. Both hold weight. Both are important and you want them to have NFL success. But I think that getting kids drafted is a better testament of what BYU can offer than NFL success. Having success in the NFL is a testament to the hard work of the player, NFL coaches, things like that. But if BYU's job is to get players to the NFL, then I think you want to have more NFL draft picks than than fewer higher picks. What do you make of BYU's draft class this year? I think most of us assume that if BYU is going to have players drafted, you're probably going to get three. Do you think BYU gets the three? And obviously we're talking about Freeland and Puka and Jaron. Do you think all three are drafted or, or where do you stand on that? Uh, I think Blake Freeland and Jaron Hall are locks for, for, for sure. And I, I'm about 95% sure on Puka Nakua. Uh, Puka's just had such an interesting career, right? I mean, he struggled to stay healthy, uh, really dating back to his time at Washington and then at BYU. When he's on the field, he's electric. Uh, I, I think he gets drafted probably day three, uh, but I, I do think that there are going to be a, a certain number of NFL teams that, that are, are maybe a little hesitant to draft a guy with injury history uh, just because the wide receiver class, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of really talented wide receivers going into the draft this year. And I also think Caleb Hayes. I think BYU could sneak a fourth. Uh, Caleb Hayes, even before his pro day uh, showcase where he really just stole the show, he looked really good at the NFL PA Bowl. He, he he graded out really well there. He had the longest arms. He was already kind of impressing people with, hey, he looks six like 5'11", 6 foot. He's not the biggest, tallest guy, but he was manning up really big physical receivers, and he was able to showcase what he did at BYU, breaking up passes with his length and, and things like that. So his his pro day kind of like brought everybody, like all the fans, to the, the Caleb Hayes bandwagon. But I think NFL scouts have been on that train for a little while already, and Pro Day was kind of a cherry on top. So I think we could see Caleb Hayes sneak into the, the third day of the draft. Yeah, as soon as he ran that 4-3-1, I was like, did he just get into the seventh round? Uh, 19 PBUs the last two years certainly helps as well. Um, the transfer portal is going to open up. Ooh, the portal. Uh, April 15th <laughs> through the 30th. you got to at least get your name in there, right? And then you can go wherever, whenever after that. 
Um, where does BYU need to bring in impact players uh, on a team that is in its first year in the Big 12 from the portal specifically? You know, it's really going to be interesting to see how, specifically on the defense, I think the offense, the answer is easy, Jerem. I, I think BYU needs some help at wide receiver. I, I actually used this analogy with somebody the other day. Uh, BYU doesn't need to find a Cody Hoffman. They don't need to find an Austin Collie out of the transfer portal. Uh, they, they've got three really good wide receivers that in most years throughout the last 10 or 15 years, you're really, really confident in the top three wide receivers in that room. What BYU needs is they need that Taron Houck. They need that, you know, Mitchell Jurgens type, that that third or fourth guy who who can fill in in a pinch if somebody gets hurt, but is also just there to be super reliable when somebody needs a playoff. So I think on the offensive side of the ball, wide receivers a, a known priority already. On the defensive side of the ball, I'm fascinated to see how Jay Hill wants to use the transfer portal. I think he's going to go and, and add as much talent as he can, regardless of position. But I think there's a couple of positions where he probably needs to add some bodies, specifically corner, a lot of youth and inexperience. It's not to say that BYU doesn't have talent there, but they don't have a ton of proven experience outside of Eddie Heckard and Jacob Robinson. Uh, so I think corner is probably a priority. And then the defensive line is really tough to know what Jay Hill is is thinking. Um, there's a ton of experience there, but it's a dramatically different scheme. And those guys are being asked to do dramatically different things. So how have they shown in Jay Hill's eyes, right? How have they showcased their skills throughout spring ball? Does Jay look at that and say, hey, we, we, we've got the guys we need. We can make a run. Or is he looking at this and saying, wow, BYU really was loaded with a bunch of two-gap defensive linemen and we need gap shooters now and they've got to go add two or three. Um, I, I think they could go out and get talent there, and I, I think they need to, but I haven't been in practice in spring ball to see what's going on as those guys adjust to a, a brand-new scheme and brand-new coaching. Then at linebacker, it's interesting because you like Ben Bywater and Max Truly, of course. These guys are pick-six potential on any play, as we saw. But behind them, not a ton of experience. Um, you know, we've seen the Kafusis, uh, Ace and Micah have a nice spring and been called out by Jay as freshmen. Isaiah Glasker's had a good spring, we were told by Kalani Sitake. Those guys haven't played much, so is there a need at linebacker as well for P5 transfers potentially? I think there could be. I think at the linebacker position, in my opinion, you go if there's the right guy. I don't think that you need to go and add a body just for the sake of adding a body. But I do think if there is the right name that pops up, there's a couple of guys from, from Utah State as an example that would be difference makers that have connections to the program. If the right guy pops up, you go out and you get them. Uh, but I, I would put that probably lower than corner and defensive line on my personal priority uh, list for the defense because I do trust those Kafusis. Maybe I'm putting a lot of weight into the last name Kafusi, but I, I, I trust Kafusis. And then you look at it, really what Jay Hill did at Weber State you're going to see guys like Ammon Hanneman, Chaz Ayu, hopefully he gets back and he's healthy. Kind of that hybrid position, that, that in-between safety linebacker. You're going to see more of that on the field at BYU. So you maybe don't need the, the, the quantity of linebackers that you did in the past. You need really two linebacker positions and then a third hybrid spot. And if you look at it that way, I, I think there's more bodies at BYU right now that have experience and have proven production that you could maybe get by. But certainly, if there's the right name there and there's the, the interest in the program, then I think BYU has to go out and get them.
On Tuesday's show, Jeremy and I were having the discussion in terms of the balance between how far do you lean into the transfer portal as opposed to, you know, the, the quote unquote uh, traditional way of, of developing the talent out of high school and the recruiting process. Where do you fall on that? Can there be too much of a reliance on the transfer portal? How do you look at that balance? Yeah, for me, it, it, football and basketball, it, when we talk about recruiting and we talk about the transfer portal, I think people have a tendency to want to put football and basketball into the same the, the same basket, and they're not, right? From a basketball standpoint, Jason, I think you nailed it on the head. You can rely too much on the transfer portal, and you need to have that chemistry and all of those things. From a football standpoint, where there's so many guys on the roster and so many players that are rotating in and out and, and injuries and things like that that happen – over the course of a 12-game football season, the name of the game is just stacking talent on top of talent on top of talent. And, and so I look at it from a football standpoint, almost like a GM would have to in the NFL, that rosters now, because players can leave so quickly and enter the transfer portal, you really have to look at your roster from a football standpoint as a year-over-year -year roster. So you've got to prepare for 2023, knowing that 2024, the guys you get, whether they're out of the portal or out of high school, they may not be there. You hope that they are, but they may not be there that next year. So you need to, to plan for the immediate year. And then the next year and the future is kind of a bonus where, where basketball is a little bit different because it, it takes so much time to gel. You need that chemistry on your team. Football, most positions, certainly you need chemistry, you know, quarterbacks and wide receivers and offensive line. But football, really, if you're talented, you'll find a way to get on the field. So I think for football, you can go heavy into the transfer portal so long as you always have that nucleus of 10 or 15 guys in a recruiting class out of high school that you think will grow with you for, for two, three, four years. And what other school has what BYU has in terms of, okay, we're tied to a specific religion and there are kids who grow up wanting to come to this school. That's not unique to BYU per se. But it's like that recruiting advantage needs to be mined. And if it's not, I think oh, yeah. BYU is not going to be as good as it can be. So in basketball, it's like, okay, there's some balance there. And in football, you're always going to have the high school recruit. You can't just transfer portal that. And why would BYU? BYU is unique. They wear Air Monarchs. They go on missions, <laughs> right? They, they do unique things. They tunnel sing. They wear socks with sandals. Like there's all these things we do. I, I am concerned for basketball a little bit that they didn't sign a high school player last year. Maybe the class wasn't good and they didn't have room or whatever. It just feels like three or four years down the road, we're going to go, what happened? Like, why is there not anybody? Jake Wallin comes off a mission. But I mean, like, at least grabbing a kid that's going to be here in a couple of years. It's year to year, but yeah. I'm a little concerned. Yeah, I agree on the basketball front. I mean, it, it is strange. I mean, BYU's formula for success, really going back all the way to, to Danny Ainge, has been – have a team of upperclassmen. BYU is not a, a school that could just load up on freshmen like a Kentucky can and, and have a bunch of one undones and then reload the next year. Like BYU is always, even the good teams recently, Jimmer Fredette was a legend. That, that team didn't get great until Jimmer Fredette's final year at BYU. They were good, and you could see them get better year over year, but it was that pinnacle of a team that had been together for a, a bunch of years and add in Jimmer Fredette, the legend, on top of that. Most recently, right? Uh, Mark Pope's first year, you had a team that had played together forever, and then you sprinkle in some transfer portal guys like like Jake Toulson, but that core of, of Zach Selyus, TJ Haas, Yoli Childs, that had been together. They'd been together at BYU for years. That's been a, a tried and true formula for BYU basketball to have success, 
And I, 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 I'm with you, Jeremy. It feels like BYU's gotten away from that a little bit. And this year of a class without any high schoolers at all, that's a little concerning. You know, one of the things that we have talked about for a long, long time, once we knew that BYU is officially going into the Big 12, is the recruiting bump. And look, the recruiting bump can be out of the high school ranks. It can also be in the transfer portal. I mean, you're constantly recruiting. It's recruiting your own players. How much of the bump have you seen already? I mean, the coaches have said they've already had doors open to them now that they've never had open and wouldn't have been open if this opportunity hadn't presented itself. How much have you seen already and how much more do you expect? Uh, I, I think we've seen a ton and I think we'll continue to see a ton. Where I struggle being able to answer that question is, is at the same time of BYU going into the Big 12, they also added Jay Hill and this new defensive staff. So how much credit does Jay Hill get? How much credit does the Big 12 get? I don't know what that pie chart looks like, but the combination of the two, there's been an immediate difference. And, and, and you could see it uh, really throughout all types of BYU recruits. So there's a couple of guys that BYU's hosted on, on unofficial visits in recent weeks. Willie Goodacre is a non-LDS player out of Texas. Came to BYU, loved it. He's got a multitude of offers and he loved it. He was really surprised by what he saw. That, I think, is a Big 12 bump. I don't think BYU is able to, to bring in a player, even for a visit, like Willie Goodacre uh, before the Big 12. Nico Clem was just here last week. He's another highly touted three-star defensive back out of California. I don't think he comes to BYU if they're not in the Big 12. But even here locally in the more traditional recruit, uh, a guy like Cash Dillon out of Corner Canyon High School or Davis Andrews out of American Fork High School – these are guys that probably go to Utah in years past. And they may still end up going to Utah. We don't know that for sure. But because of Jay Hill and the relationships that Cash and Davis have with, with the new BYU coaching staff, uh, in my conversations with them, BYU is, is a very big factor in their recruitment, where six months ago they were pretty candid with me that BYU wasn't a factor in their recruitment. So how much of it is Big 12? How much of it is, is, is Jay Hill and the new coaching staff? I don't know. But the combination of the two, uh, it, it's a dramatic difference when I talk to recruits in the 2024 cycle compared to, say, 2022 or 2023. There, there's no question about it. Well, that's the kind of bump we're hoping for, right, in the Big 12. The BYU starts to get uh, continue to get some of the best LDS uh, athletes out there, members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and others, which is awesome. Jeff, we appreciate the time. Keep those monarchs super white-souled, scrub them, Keep, get them ready to go because guess what? The snow's going to go away, and we are going to be out there at Applebee's and mowing lawns soon enough. No, oh, yeah, i got to get some grass stains on the monarchs. Otherwise, <laughs> they're not authentic monarchs yet. <laughs> That's exactly right. Thanks, Jeff. We Thanks, appreciate Jeff. the time. We'll be right back with more of the best of BYU Sports Nation. The best of BYU Sports Nation collects our favorite conversations and brings them to you every Saturday. Let's whip it. Good Whip Brand is presented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. This is awesome. Yes. Um, if you aren't in the Utah area. In the Beehive State. Yes, in the Beehive State. Uh, you may not be aware that we are having record-breaking snowfall this winter, including the latest storm this week. This tweet from Hunter Miller What's points up, Hunter? out something that could be a positive for all of this snow. It says everyone uh, is complaining about the snow, not realizing that the last time it snowfall this much, uh, BYU football won the national championship the next year. <laughs> so what we're saying is 
chalk it up. Another national BYU championship is, is going to win the national championship based on the snowpack, which is the highest since 1983. That is awesome. Um, Expectations, okay. are they raised now for you? Um, no. Uh, our guys from Vandy Creations have done it again. They installed this metal cougar face in the Lavelle Edwards Stadium. LED lighting last week. This is awesome. Where, awesome. where would this go in your house? Um, anywhere it could fit. Front room? Like any, anywhere. Front, anywhere. Front room, bedroom, hallway, media room, wherever I could fit it, it was going. Because I want to see it yeah. every day. No, it's, it might go on the outside of my house. Like, it's just, hey, what's up? Coogs live in here. Can you imagine like sitting above your garage like that, like right <laughs> above your garage? That would be awesome. That would be and awesome. And we have lots of uh, yes, we do. Uh, creation this, signage here in the uh, This in behind studio. us uh, over in the Cougar Council Room, as Spencer calls it, uh, over there as well. We love it. And the front of the desk. We love it. Uh, shout out to the guys in Vandy and St. George. They are awesome. Coming up, Shep talks with tennis player Zach Fuchs about rivalries, the game, and Legos. This is BYU Sports Day. Join the conversation 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook using the hashtag BYUSN. The best of BYU Sports Nation rolls on after this. Get caught up in the week in Cougar Sports. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. Okay. Sounds like you're still in your yeah, Well, I'm just in the mood looking at your uh, quarter zip here. Uh, our question of the day is this. In honor of the Masters, what is BYU's tradition unlike any other? There are several. Uh, so continue to weigh in on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, flattery will get you on the air. So, at Ames Flames, big fan of the show, what's up? Content, access, we're lucky to have BYU TV and BYUSN. No other fan base gets to know the players as well as we do. It's part of the reason I'm such a huge fan. Knowing the players and their families and their stories makes it bigger than just sports. We appreciate that. Of course we feel that. like yeah. uh, you know, we, we can be a part of that connection with BYU Athletics. It's, it's not just uh, you know, a person with a number and BYU on it that goes and... Re- it's a person with a story. We got to know Cooper Vest a little bit more today, which is great. And this format allows us yeah. to give opinions yeah. and analysis. Some yeah. of it's critical, some of it's softball-type stuff, but it's, it's the hour of the Literally day where stuff. you can actually... Find out what's going on on campus yeah. and, and why, and, and, and then get some opinions of people that, that you've seen around for Trust a while. Trust me, we have the most fun. We're glad you have fun yeah, as well. That's great. Um, uh, yeah, we'll be Venmoing you soon. At CLN Score Living on Twitter. Cosmo going viral. Yeah. Like multiple times a year, Cosmo does something uh, to go viral. Last year it was like doing like three flips in the air. I'd like uh, to see the that. table stack kind of push up was unbelievable. The insurance waiver that <laughs> must be signed before he goes, hey, why don't you just. Why don't you just launch me up in the air 50 what feet? What if we do this? Some stuff. Sign this real quick. Okay. How about when he did all those push-ups? Yeah. Up the things. To me, that was one of the most unbelievable feats of strength we've ever seen. Yeah, life risking, but that's how he rolls. Yeah, labrum destroying. Then he uh, comes out and busts a few moves. <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. At J underscore Royal on Twitter. Stone cold silver champs. To me, this is the greatest tradition that BYU has, is that it always wins that every year. Yeah. And how do we celebrate? We always drink chocolate, chocolate milk milks. from the amazing creamery at BYU. It's awesome. Uh, Superfly Trent. Trent thinks very highly of himself on Instagram. Popcorn popping. <laughs> In the fourth quarter, the band's playing it. People were alternating when they're standing up. And where BYU TV's position for game day is just above the concession stands, and they're always popping oh. the popcorn. Oh, and there's and like caramel the, corn and, and the some al- chicken cinnamon oil, almonds. And all the aroma comes mm. up, and and that's what we get while we're in a two-hour pregame show. It's like 
for the love. I just need to time out so we can go down and get some of that stuff. I worked the so NBA All-Star Game, and I was hungry, and I bought some cinnamon-covered almonds. Those lasted me like four days, and every time I ate them, they were unbelievable. <laughs> like, but so good. They know what they're doing. Um, Farmer underscore Hiram. We don't know the origins of who Hiram is, <laughs> but we know what he does uh, on Instagram. Throwing tortillas onto the field. Los Cugadores. Yes. I don't remember doing that. Okay, maybe it was just like the, was it like what 80s and 90s, early 2000s? BYU would score a touchdown and suddenly like a dozen tortillas, tortillas. <laughs> launched into the end Never zone. any salsa or any of that. It's just the tortillas. <laughs> that, that'd be so messy. Can you imagine? BYU's just got like random you know, tomatoes. In, in hockey, when there's a hat trick, what, yeah. the, the, the Red Wing fans would always throw, um, what? Dead fish down on the, the Yeah, thing, right? someone throw like squid octopus or, octopus or squid. Or yeah, yeah, something like that. Then they have to clean it all up. And yeah, Sergey Fedorov's like, what are we doing here? Yeah, yeah, what's going throwing on? stuff. Swoosh Live 59 on Instagram. For me, the fire dances after the third quarter. That is a new tradition. Uh, my That's season, fun. My season tickets are near the visitor section. Every time the fire dance came out, opposing fans love seeing them on the field. Newer tradition. It's very entertaining for all fans. Cool to see Polynesian culture appreciated. Hey, BYU has the first Tongan FBS coach in uh, college football history. Why would we not? Uh, there's, yeah, and, I and think that's cool. We have an affection for fire. We're a stadium of fire. Everybody's a that's bu- huge. An amateur pyro around out there here, throwing that stuff around. I mean, who isn't thinking, "Hey, I should do that at the house." Yeah. Uh, but fortunately, we don't. But I think it's it's great. It just brings everybody back. And we had some cold nights out there. Yeah. So having some f- open flame. You would just stadium, hang it. Yeah. I, what what I thought was weird for you was just taking off your shirt and standing by them as if. You were there? You yeah. didn't have the baby oil I or whatever? I promised but my wife I wouldn't do that this season. Again, yeah. It I, caught me by surprise. It's kind of kind of Along in, with everyone. Kind of interesting. I need a coach at Arkansas if I, before I could just start taking my <laughs> Start throwing. You know what's interesting about the golf voices today? Yes. If the world communicated in their golf voice, mm-hmm. there'd be so few fights. Because it's hard to argue with someone who's going... It's less emotional. Know, it's like, well... It's very toned down. You're right. I went to the store to get the milk, and I came home with donuts... And I forgot that. I'm very upset with that. You can't argue with that. You're just like, okay. I'm so mad right now. (laughs) Think about it. If you got a lot of calamity in your life, use your golf voice more often. Especially in interactions with people that you're hostile with. Mm -hmm. And that'll be a game changer. That hostility is manifest in volume. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Bring it down low. Talk like you're in the celestial room and it just simmers down. (laughs) There's Uh, something about that. At Herman Deutsch. Hmm. Milk and soft drinks, including colas, being the hardest beverages you can buy uh, and Im- imbibe to excess at games. We yeah. go hard here. Yeah. L- like literally milk and donuts. <laughs> that's, that's how I we I still roll. think it's a little much that we cut everyone off from the chocolate milk after the third quarter. I a think. little odd. <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey, Timmy, you've had too many. It's like, uh, you're good. Here's a cougar tail. Here's a chocolate milk and, and some ice cream, you know. We got a good over there. Yeah. Come September 2nd, when it's like 90, and the place is full, and there's a Big 12 logo painted on the grass. That'll be beautiful. And the team comes running out, and whatever uniform configuration they come up with for that night. And they were all just sitting there in a sold-out place going, you got it pretty lucky here. We've waited for this moment against Cincinnati on a Friday night. Yeah. September 29th, is that what it was? Uh, Before conference. Um, don't be like Ron Burgundy, though, in that moment and consume a bunch of milk. Because then you'd say milk was a bad choice. Our elite voice of the day is presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated. Aggie fan Dan on Twitter. Aggie fan. Interesting. What are you doing here? Hi. Uh, Cougar Tales. I heard uh, a chocolate one came out. Briefly. Let me know if cheesecake or Reese's one makes an appearance. That would be nice, right? A cheesecake Cougar Tail. 
Mm. I, 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 I would like a pumpkin show up more often. Pumpkin chocolate chips, really, would be nice. Just seasonal one around uh, Halloween. The Halloween game, yep. Yep. something like that. Okay, today's rise shoutout is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Our friend Max Hall is undergoing surgery today to repair his uh, ruptured Achilles, which happened toward the end of the alumni game. It kept Max from delivering a second straight winning drive, which we know he would have done. Max, we're with you. Our prayers are with you. Good luck today and a speedy recovery. He'll be on set for the Oklahoma game. Beat Oklahoma. Absolutely. He's on set for the That's Oklahoma awesome. game in November. Our thanks to today's guest, Cooper Vest. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And on BYUSN.com. They're all on demand. For Dave, I'm Jerem. Sorry to Dennis, no time. We'll see you tonight. The best of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Alicia May Mateo and Anik Hutchkovich from the women's golf team. How you guys doing? Great. Yeah. You're ready to actually get out there and yes. golf, given the snow's gone away and now yeah, you can actually finally. play a little bit? <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Okay, so of course, Masters, Masters uh, on the mind. But you guys are hosting uh, a tournament next week, which will be awesome. And we're told this is the, the only home tournament you guys have had due to COVID and some weird stuff. Anik, what's that going to be like to actually play at home? So exciting. I mean, we've been asking coach for a home tournament at Riverside since five like, yeah, five years yeah. since freshman year. I mean, we've played in St. George several times, but you know, it's not Riverside. It's not the Riverside Classic. So we're really <laughs> excited, you know, for everyone to come out and be at our home course. And we see the team out there all the time. You've been preparing for years for Monday and Tuesday. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, it's great as seniors, fifth years actually, finally getting this chance and Hopefully people can come out and watch us see what we do when we're away for however many weeks that we're in school. So, yeah. One Monday thing, and Tuesday morning, show up at Riverside and watch. One thing yeah. I've noticed is when the two of you are away with the team playing, it's, uh, it's Hawaii. Where Alicia's from, yep. It's Florida. It's paradise. Any so, Vegas in there for you, Anik? Yeah, yeah, a few times. Very yeah. nice, very nice. And the conference championships have been in Vegas. Mm -hmm. Are they there again here in a couple of weeks or they move them? No, actually in Bremerton, Washington. That has to be better than uh, the wind of Las Vegas. <laughs> oh, true. For that yeah. I mean, we probably would get downpoured. Yeah. yeah. That's true. It might be a little wet, but hey, you guys play through whatever conditions. Um, you mentioned the fifth year thing. You're both fifth year seniors, right? Was there no question, Anique, that you would take the fifth year? And then Alicia, you can answer in a sec. Yeah, we both are, have always kind of been on the same page. We kind of committed here together. We've lived together for the past five years. You've so. lived together the past five years? <laughs> yeah, seriously. We've been roommates since Very cool. day one. And yep. so, yeah, it's always been like a 100% for the both of us. Yeah. Um, same. I mean, I guess Anik answered it for me as well. But, yeah, I was planning on staying five years anyways to get my master's. So it worked out perfectly, sports and school. You're on a nice run of top 11 finishes <laughs> over the last handful of tournaments. What's, what, 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 what's working for you? What? What's going on with your game right now? Um, I think ball striking is a lot better since last semester. Last semester didn't go so well um, mentally. Just trying to stay calm and focused and not really worry about what the score is. So I think that's been kind of the main focus of just staying focused and staying calm and not worrying too much about what's going on. And Anique, what's the next step for your game right now? Uh, honestly, just have fun. It's the last few events ever in college golf, so kind of just go out there and give it my all. Just have a fun time. One thing I've noticed is Danny Ainge will play with, <laughs> with your group quite a bit over the last few years. How many times have you beat him? Probably like six and one. 
You're six and one. <laughs> I'm against kidding. Sam. That's probably dramatic, but <laughs> but it's one-sided. The team will always take him. He's a pretty good golfer. Oh yes. But yeah. he likes to get out there and mix it up with you. He he. We joke that he's our mental coach, our putting coach. Yeah. He sends us texts. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just he's fun to be around, and he's a he's a good competitor on the golf course too. If people didn't know. He does compete. We learned that from yeah. the last dance uh, because during the finals, <laughs> yeah. went and competed with uh, Michael Jordan, right? Which is fun. Um, who, who else have you played with that has been sort of like, oh, this is cool. They, they want to come play with the team. Uh, it's usually like a match between Alicia and I yeah. and Brian Santiago and then Danny. So we have this like running mm. match and we kind of get matches in whenever we can. Right. And so, yeah, I think yeah. that's How does that cool. go? Yeah, who's winning this match? It's well, that's the one that we're talking about. I mean, yeah. we've been on a, <laughs> recently in Hawaii. We played, but it wasn't with Danny. It was yeah, with that, that doesn't count. Doesn't count. But <laughs> <laughs> it was for the most part. Yeah, we're on a I win streak. On, I, I think would we're say. on the winning side. Yeah. yeah. Have Ryan Smith and Dwayne Wade come over and hung out? Because I know they I play wish. occasionally, right? I mean. That would no. be cool if yeah. that happened. Okay. They hit up Riverside sometimes. Oh, yeah. We see them all the time, yeah. for sure. Just you're like, hey, Dwayne, Dwayne. You guys yeah. would take them. If, if, you're, if you're beating Ainge and Santiago, you'd, you'd beat <laughs> these guys. Ryan Smith's would, pretty good. I don't know about I don't, I don't know, know Dwayne's game. Probably yeah. pretty good. Probably pretty good, yeah. but uh, Ainge and Santiago, they can hit it. Yeah, and, and those guys are the least competitive guys ever, said no <laughs> one. Uh, they want to compete. Okay, tell us about this competition and in, in the intercollegiate you're going to host um, next week. Uh, who's coming in, and uh, do, you ex do you expect to win it because it's yours? We'll start 100%. with 100%. I mean, I think San Diego State's going to be there. Denver. Denver, obviously UVU. Uh, Northern Illinois. Yeah, there's you, a There's handful. some payback for Northern Illinois. We lost a football game a few years ago. You oh, okay, okay, yeah. Okay. Oh, Just keep that yeah. one. Yep. You can Sounds good. That. It'll be on their minds. <laughs> yeah, they'll be like, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's just like teams from everywhere, so – Definitely, our main goal is to just go out there and dominate, but it's our home event, so. Yeah. The WCC championships are in a couple weeks. Mm -hmm. It'll be the last blast in the WCC for women's golf mm -hmm. before the squad moves on to the Big 12. Looking forward, as the two of you finish up, how's the program look for the Big 12 starting next year? Yeah, I think it looks great. I mean, um, we've got Alexa, Berlin, Sunbin, Leela, um, just, and I know we have three people coming in, I believe, and I think it's looking good. Um, Coach knows what she's doing, and I think we've built a good foundation um, over these past five years and kind of shown some of the younger kids the ropes of kind of what you should do and um, what it takes to work hard and kind of see success. So I think it's looking good, yeah. You talk to a lot of the athletes on campus. Do you feel like you play the best collegiate sport that you could play? Golf, like Lavelle Edwards said, if I could do it again, I would have played golf at BYU. Travel-wise, yes. Oh yeah, we get. You get to go, go to some cool. Oh places. yeah, Amazing. and you guys go hard on food. Oh, like there's an Instagram account. <laughs> yeah. What is it again? The Instagram. BYU golf, golf foodies. It's fun. It shows where you guys go. Seriously, yeah. I would say we definitely eat the best oh. out of any team on campus, but I mean, yeah. And Why you hang out with Why Carrie Roberts. Yeah. Carrie's a baller. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We play Pebble Beach. Yeah. We go to New Zealand, play the best courses. Hawaii. 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 Miami. Miami. Yep, Miami most It is the best. Yeah. <laughs> it is the best. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's, there's no disputing. Everyone else watching this is going, well, you're right, we should have golfed. 
We should have golfed when we were young. And this is a sport you can play your entire life, exactly. right? As opposed to like football, it's like once you're done, you're kind of done. You yeah. don't get the same sort of feeling, right? right? Um, playing in the turkey ball. It just, <laughs> it just doesn't work. You're dominating right? the yeah. turkey ball. Yeah. Exactly. What's next, speaking of life after golf and, and after, after this season, if the pros don't work out? What, what's, what's ahead for you? Yeah, so um, I am... I have decided to go to Q school and see where that takes me. Um, but I am on contract to work for an accounting advisory group um, down in Lehigh. So I'll be in Utah. And, Good. Yeah. You're set. You're set. That's yeah. awesome. I think, what about you? Well, Sports broadcasting, right? Oh. Sports media? <laughs> well, maybe. I'm hoping to work <laughs> with some sort of professional team, maybe, most likely hockey. Um, Golden Canadian. Knights? Is that yes. the hope? That's the main goal. Nice. But we might be going up to Canada. You know, I'm flexible. So. That's Remember, awesome. you used to hang out with us a little bit. Yeah, for you like, were here for like, a, four hours. like literally four hours. <laughs> four hours. Yeah, with you. Was it? You're like, I, I want no part I of this. I had enough of Dave. Yeah, no. I can only take an hour, and then we do. That's other right. Stuff, so but, four yeah. hours. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This week it's it was only two hours, but yeah. Thanks for coming on the show. Best of luck. And we encourage everybody to go to Riverside if you want to check out the women's golf team and uh, BYU uh, paying back Northern Illinois. When we uh, checked the forecast, <laughs> upper 60s yep. for Monday. I know. Oh. That wraps up the best of BYU Sports Nation this week. Tune in next Saturday for the Cougar news you need to hear. And catch the BYU Sports Nation simulcast every day at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific on BYU TV and BYU Radio.